Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Today, Senator Mark Begich discusses DACA and immigration with Brownstein's Elizabeth Mayer. Welcome again to a Brownstein podcast. We're here with Elizabeth Mayer, policy director, and she is a well-trusted policy and political advisor at Brownstein. Elizabeth worked more than 10 years as legislative director to U.S. Senator John Kyle. She now focuses her efforts and expertise on advising Brownstein's clients about numerous legislative regulatory issues and uses her expertise to advance clients' priorities. Again, Elizabeth, always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Uh, today it's immigration and yep. uh, DACA. That's on the deck one day and off the deck and on the deck and uh, there's a deal. No. No. Uh, tell us what's going on with DACA. <laughs> um, gosh, where do I start? Um, let's just boil it down to the bottom line. Um, there isn't qu- yet quite yet a deal. Um, I think that this sort of momentary irrational exuberance um, <laughs> on the immigration front <laughs> um, from uh, from Senator Schumer and, and, and the other folks was really, really a bit premature. I don't blame them because, you know, I've never had a personal one-on-one dinner with Donald Trump, but I just have the feeling that Something the, was said. The, the, the conversation the that they had yeah. led to a belief that they were walking down a, you know, a road together when right. what he probably really meant at the end of the day was that um, he was committed to trying to do something, right. not not like the particulars. So, Which in this world is Big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. A lot of people think that that's sometimes all the same. No, it's, it can be completely opposite, too. <laughs> right. And so the beginning of that conversation that earlier evening um, where Senator Schumer believed uh, that the, the idea for a, a wall, let's say, didn't have to be um, funding-wise included in any sort of deal they end up striking on DACA or DREAM as um, – the more robust version of, of, of what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, turned out, even though he initially sort of agreed with what Schumer had said that next morning on the tarmac as he was getting on the plane, right. it all kind of turned around and um, quickly he retrenched and said, we're just trying to work something through, but we right. do not have an agreement. Do you think there's room before the year's out on something? I know Schumer is highly motivated before all the budgetary issues are off the table and all that. Do you think there's space to do this before? And I, when I when I say space, you know, the, the, the calendar always is the challenge, right? We've just now, next week will be all health care again, it seems. So uh, what do you think? You know, what I think is that, and I, I you know, I, I come at this from a, a on, on process and strategy, a Republican angle, albeit, but if the Senate Democrats, um, given the slim majority uh, Republicans have, if they really, really wanted to get this done, if this was their number one priority, they could shut the Senate down. I mean, we wouldn't get out of they wouldn't get out of here for the year. So, depending on how they put it in their list, could really change the deck in yeah. the next three months. But I just think that they all have so many priorities right. um, that it hasn't made its way uh, onto a list of items 
Senate that Democrats will shut the floor down for. Gotcha. So, so do you think there's? Uh, let me expand that a little bit. So you have DACA over here. You have a continued activity around the world with terrorists, most recently in London. Do you think there is an, a new effort going to come out of the administration on additional travel ban regulation or other types of things? What 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 might materialize there in in the arena with? Um, travel and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I would I would like to think that maybe everybody could hold hands and put together some sort of enforcement and robust dream package before the end of the year. Um, but having worked on this issue really since <laughs> I started working on the Hill, that's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's like a whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know, as soon as you give on this issue and this issue, well, then this other group wants theirs and this other group wants theirs. And then... You know, one it's app, not a clean, simple thing, th- right? No, R- really, it, in this issue, it's no, too complex. There's too no. many other pieces. Because then you got the the J one guys, you got these uh, visa guys, you have the issues about uh, EB five, and all these everything starts to kind of yeah. throw, being thrown on the table. And and I will say, um, well, what I will say is there are numerous issues that are important to numerous constituencies, many of whom are our clients. Right. Um, well, the have, tech ones, for example, absolutely huge. right. Um, but the one group of folks um, that theoretically, um, because of support on both sides of the aisle to dispose of this and get something positive done, um, that might have a chance for action without a lot of other items being um, lobbed on are the DREAM, um, yeah. re- the DACA recipients. I always found it interesting with the DREAMers, um, one of their biggest advocates, and I learned this in the Senate, is the military. Because what they love is these young people who have uh, gone to, you know, schools in the United States, so forth and so on, but speak different languages. And so when they graduate, they have a high propensity to be recruited by the military because of their their bilingual, in some cases multilingual. And they have also, you know, lived in the U.S. for many years. And that – I remember hearing from generals that – they they love these kids uh, to be part of the military because of that experience they have, but also the language isn't yeah. a learned language. It's the, their first language. Yeah, I would say across the board that um, immigrants are, are so welcome into mm-hmm. the military in this country. That's right. You see it um, all and the in time. particular, if we're going to pinpoint, if we're having a conversation about DACA or DREAM today, as Senator McCain outlined on the floor a couple of days ago, there are 900, at least 900 active duty um, military service members who were part of the DACA class. And his point was, well, what are what are, you what are we going to tell them? They have to go to a country they've never really lived in and right. they served our country. Right. So it, it, there are so many variables surrounding this. Um, I will say that um, – there are other priorities on enforcement that um, some House and Senate members are very much um, thinking about. And some of them are really, really good enforcement provisions and have to do with r- big updates in technology, um, mm-hmm. border technology, and things like that. Um, and some of those things might get folded in, to be honest. Because um, those are bipartisan. They seem you know, when you think of the numbers, I think it's uh, if I'm I'm close on this number, 40 percent or so of individuals who are here illegally is because they actually came on a visa that we never finished enforcing. Right. They came, 
Right. And they stayed and we did nothing. That's right. So, you know, the kind of um, surveillance um, updated technology that we that are that is getting developed at ports of entry mm-hmm. and other um, other other uh, ways um, for, um, you know, just eliminating the opportunities for people to either come here illegally through um, entry from either Mexico or Canada or, or you know, or leaving um, and just coming back and forth mm-hmm. on an over um, extended visa is and should be a priority. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to do, but I do believe um, in the end that the president wants to do something about the the um, the DACA or the Dream um, folks. The Republican Senate, the Republican House, and you know, clearly that House and Senate uh, Democratic leadership want to do something too. I just really, at the end of the day. I just, for the life of me, can't figure out why, um, you know, everybody just kind of holds 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 <laughs> their breath, agrees to some reasonable border enforcement um, priorities, and not to get into, a, you know, a big sticky issue, but the whole issue of the wall, mm-hmm. even President Trump has kind of come off of that um, and has talked about um, – Virtual fencing I was say, and technology, that kind of thing. technology, mm-hmm. and the group of eight, the gang of eight immigration right. group in 2013, when they put together their, they comp- supported that technology. They supported up to 700 miles of um, technologically advanced uh, fencing mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, if everyone could just step away from the politics of it and um, who. Who cares what it's called? It's not a wall. Democrats should stop refusing to support a wall. They know it's not a wall. Republicans should stop insisting on a wall. Oh. They know it's not a wall. <laughs> it's fencing that everyone can actually rally around and agree to at the end of the day. Elizabeth, we're in Washington, D.C., just <laughs> to remind you. Um, and uh, I think your your point is well taken that if you cut away the politics, the basis of those two things, DACA, electronic monitoring, utilization of technology, everyone agrees. And there's only a few holdouts just because of philosophical issues, not from practicality. I think the dynamics that occur in Washington, as you know best because you are on the Hill every day, is the whole environment, the environment has created this hyper tension about you do this, that means you must be for this group or that group. And really, sure. if you just focus on the issue, I always believe this, that good policy is good politics. Sometimes it evolves immediately. Sometimes it evolves over time. But at the end of the day, if it's a good policy, it will reveal itself as, as you know, good politics also or vice versa. Yeah. But a lot of people think, well, we've got to do the politics and we'll figure it out later. And that's what gets you in trouble. Yeah. If you think about what's right short or long or mid-range, it will be good politics. Yeah, and there are people on both sides of the aisle, people who, you know, know a lot about border technology, who want to, um, you know, effectuate good policy and the wise spending of dollars. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you also have folks, uh, I wouldn't say on the other side, but um, working on making sure that um, the individuals who were um, affected by a policy in the Obama administration um, are treated um, in a way that recognizes their uniqueness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone is um, 
in this in this arena of issues, there are so many sincere people. Right, who they are, want to do the right thing. Who are really just trying to do the right thing. Let me ask you, and we'll cl- close on this because um, you know we can probably spend a lot of time on the larger bill of immigration. But for our clients, we can do that another another yeah, time. No, there we go. But for <laughs> our clients that come in and they ask you the question, and I'm sure they do, you know, what are the chances of filling the blank about immigration? What's the, what, what is it DACA that you say is that's probably the more likely or the dreamers are probably the first thing that might get done. What, what do you tell them when they come in? Um, well, we do have a number of clients who really do care about this unique population. And I do think that, um, this, of any um, priority that is not related to comprehensive has the best chance of, of eventually getting legs and passing. Mm-hmm. But there are a number of other programs um, that uh, expire, um, I think, the end of the fiscal year um, and need to be re-upped. And nobody's talking about those. Which is really in like uh, 10 days. Right. And <laughs> right. nobody <laughs> no. I mean, quite honestly – People really don't know the fate of some of those right. programs. I mean, they'll get reauthorized, but um, but delay causes to our clients a problem, a yeah, challenge because yeah. they have to manage through that. Sure. Even though they think, oh, it's going to happen, but now we got to kind of put hold on a few things. Yeah. Even though we think it's going to happen, maybe we get prepared, but we really can't get prepared. So it's just like it's a little bit of a. I don't want to say guessing game, but it's a calculated process they have to go through. But it does cause challenges. And so part of the role you and the team that works on this area spend a lot of time probably helping them know those steps, what's happening every minute so they can do what they need to do internally. Yeah, I would just close out um, this brief podcast for today by saying that, you know, there are a number of items that go through the December 8th end of the CR. Right. And um, we'll be working furiously on some of the priorities on immigration that might be affected by that date, gotcha. um, some of the programs that are ending and, and, and things like that. And I would love to hear from um, from folks who might listen to this, mm-hmm. who have priorities and want our firm to know about them as we interact with many, many um, individuals on Capitol Hill and within the administration, just exactly um, in the real world, um, how an expiration of some of these programs will affect them. So timing is important. Now's the time because as you're having these conversations, these issues are going to be, you know, don't come December 7th. Because right. that's a little late. Right. But coming now and having these conversations, then we put them into our thinking process here of how best we can manage that and help the client. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. Elizabeth, as always, it's great to have you here and to talk about immigration and some of the issues that are in front of us. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek podcast series. Visit www.bhfs.com for more information.